It's not something that's often thought about, but we live in two worlds. We live in a world of social data, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we live in a world where we're customers of large enterprises, and they also have a lot of data about us. Can these worlds be bridged? The answer is yes. I'm John Pryor. Welcome to the Impact Podcast. We've got a special guest with us here today. Look, there's already been some buzz about his new company, but I think it's best to let our guest, who is recently Facebook's global head of partner programs, introduce himself and where he is now. My name is Steve Irvin. I'm the founder and CEO of a new startup called Integrate.ai. We are focused on using artificial intelligence to make the interactions between businesses and people more natural and effective. Tell me a bit more about this. I hear people and I think social media. And then I hear enterprises. I don't really think that. Now, I'm sure the linkage is out there. So what do you mean? Yeah, so we're, we sit between kind of two big worlds, the uh, social and digital world. So companies like Facebook and Google and others who have a lot of rich information on who you are and what you like and different information about your friends and, and your activities and the enterprise world. So think of big traditional businesses like banking, insurance, telecommunications, retail, that have a lot of information on kind of real-world business outcomes. You know, did you get a mortgage? Did you just move? And a lot of uh, interesting qualitative information on how you're interacting with business. And we're trying to bring those worlds together in a meaningful way such that you can do a better job at predicting what anybody wants at any given moment in time. I think I've got that. But, but what would it take then to best understand people and take that to the next step as to what these people really want and can value? Sure. So if you think about, um, and I've spent, you know, my background is on uh, the social side of Facebook. I spent six years uh, working there before starting this company. And one of the things that was critical to our success when I was at Facebook is the news feed. You know, the news feed was created when I was there. And before the newsfeed, you know, there was just a wall where you would post something and there was no real central repository of that information. And one of the things that we realized when the newsfeed was built is that people were often checking the updates on their friend's wall. They were trying to understand when they updated their status or new things that they were doing. And there was this thirst to understand what was going on with people kind of moment to moment. And what happened with the newsfeed was really being able to, to try to figure out at some point in a feed-based environment what information would be most relevant to you at any given moment in time? And this is selecting between, you know, potentially thousands or tens of thousands of different pieces of information, the photo of your friend's wedding or the offer that you could take to go to the coffee shop down the street. And we use artificial intelligence to be able to help us make those decisions and ensure that we were looking at the right signals to do that effectively. Let's drill down, though, a bit more and shift our focus to the enterprise. What is the type of information that you think would be of most value to them? Yeah, I think if you, if you think about the, the things that we need, things that need to be true in order to deliver really rich, great in, uh, interactions are you need to be relevant, you need to be timely, you want to make that easy on people. So you want to be able to reduce the friction in the experience. You want it to be contextual. So think about that like as in the moment. You want to make sure that this is right for you at this given moment in time as opposed to just, this is right for you generally. And you want to make sure that those are valuable interactions. So you want to make sure that that's got uh, the right value for both parties involved. You know, whoever is facilitating that interaction as well as the person on the other side. So it sounds like something every business enterprise would love to emulate. 
but for most of my interactions with the customer support and other parts of enterprises, I don't know if they could do this. So, so is your focus on bettering customer interactions in all areas? Yeah, I think there's a divide right now. If you think about the biggest businesses in the world that are growing the fastest um, and at the same time have the best brands, the most loyal followings, the best customer satisfaction scores, it's the Apples, Googles, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix. And these are all companies that are really effectively using the data that they have and the channels that people are on and delivering really great experiences to them. And they're maximizing the value of each of those interactions. And that is their business for the most part. If you compare that to getting a mortgage from the bank or calling your phone company to be able to upgrade your service, it's just a really different experience today. And they've got the data. They have a lot of historical interaction data with those customers. And so there's no reason why they can't emulate the experience that you would be getting with your top social or digital player. All right. So I'm getting this. Uh, Like we say, social has this data. And now, as you say, businesses have their data and we don't really have any true confluence of the different types and the different sources of data. Is it fair to say that you're bringing all this together? Is, Is that where you're heading? Yeah, I think there's an interesting trend right now. And I think it's all being pieced together by a lot of the advances in machine learning and and artificial intelligence, which is really giving us the ability to be able to ingest a lot more information and a lot different types of information than we've been able to in the past. But I think there there is also at the other side a, a consumer expectation because of a lot of the companies that we had talked about before that you are delivering more personalized experiences, that those are more relevant to you. And they're, they're not going to be happy unless they're getting that level of, of service from you. And I think the way that you can bridge those is you need to be able to understand the whole person. And that means you need to understand me, my friends, what I'm interested in, and my activities. And you also need to understand me in the context of your business. So do I need a mortgage right now? Or do I want a credit card? You know, those are things that a bank should know based on where you are, what light stage you are at, um, and your recent interactions with them. And And I think that a lot of that information exists, but it's been difficult historically to be able to use that amount of data as efficiently as it needs to be used to be able to deliver those great experiences. All right. I'd like to drill down a bit more because you know, some of this has been done with ad tech, but as I'm listening to you, I, you're really moving to this new phase of customer knowledge. Is it, is it just new marketing programs or more? Do I have this right? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think advertising is the one area because it's the primary revenue generator for a lot of these big consumer internet companies Um, It's the one area where we start to see the bridge happen. So we are starting to see some information from the enterprise go back and be able to better inform your targeting, as an example, on Facebook or Amazon or um, Google in terms of your advertising. Um, But when you talk to the CEO or anybody in the C-suite of these large traditional enterprises, their goal is to be able to find new avenues of growth for the business. They want to be able to acquire customers more effectively. You know, they care about the whole end-to-end business process. And I think advertising is a piece of that. And the fact that they've started to see the returns on the advertising is a really good start. But what they're really looking for is they're looking to transform their business and become more of a tech business that utilizes a lot of these new technologies and utilizes their data more effectively to be able to deliver like the end business results. And I think that's the area where they still need some additional support and they definitely need some new platforms to be able to, uh, to focus in those areas. All right. So I've got your vision of this new platform with, with, with social data and, and so much more. Uh, 
how will you engender trust and how important is it to you? I think this is a critical piece for us. Um, and at the core of what we're building is really an advanced platform that focuses heavily on privacy, security, and I would extend that to permissioning, ethics, governance, a lot of the hot topics today for enterprise. We recognize that you're not going to be able to be effective at bridging these two worlds if you don't start with a very privacy-protected environment, and that's where we're hiring up and we're spending a lot of time ensuring that we are following kind of the best practices in that forum. But I think on top of that, it's about making sure that you understand what data needs to be utilized to be able to get you to the successful outcomes that you want. Because in a lot of cases, it's not as much data as you think that needs to go back and forth to some of these companies for them to be much more effective. And so I think in a lot of ways, the art here is about understanding what is the signal that you need to be able to extract and how do you pull that signal out in a privacy-protected way such that you can do a much better job at predicting what to do in any given interaction in order to lead to a successful outcome? And so as one example, um, one of the things that's very important for the consumer internet world, so if you talk to somebody at Facebook or Google, one of the things that they struggle with is they don't have a lot of information that comes back to them on business outcomes. And a lot of enterprises are concerned about this because they don't want to give their full database back to Facebook or Google for a variety of reasons. And what we've come to realize is if we can sit as a platform in the middle, that we can deliver a very basic signal back to the Facebooks and Googles of the world that just says a, a business outcome has happened. Somebody got the mortgage or somebody got the um, product. And by them having that information, they can deliver much more effective advertising because they're no longer using proxies like clicks or views or impressions as a way to be able to judge whether the advertising is effective. They can optimize their algorithms right for the business outcome that you care about which is something that they want to do, um, but they've struggled to be able to get enterprises on board fully with being able to instrument their business that way. And so we feel like we can add value back to the consumer internet world and at the same time, ensure that the information that's relevant on those consumers can make it back to the enterprise as well. Got it. This actually helps me better understand this bi-directional value and how your platform is going to sit in the middle. Uh, but please talk more about the value. You've got these enterprises as customers and they've got their customers. So whether it's a bank or a retailer or a consumer product company, how are you going to be looking at and measuring success? I think for the enterprises, what, they, what we've heard consistently from them is they want to be able to do a better job at prediction. You know, they, they have a lot of interactions already with their customers where they are trying to convert them, trying to acquire them as a customer. Let's just say if they're a prospect um, hitting one of their channels or they're trying to figure out what the right product is to offer them that's going to get them to buy more, be more loyal. And they need to do a better job at making the right prediction in those circumstances. And if they are 1% or 2% better, in terms of predicting what to do, or they are five to 10% better at being able to deliver an action based on that prediction faster, then that could be game-changing for them in terms of the results of their business and the growth channel that they um, can produce. And so what we're trying to focus on with them is really around what data do we need to be able to do that better prediction? And how do we inform the models that we're building for them to be able to ensure that that prediction at least meets that threshold of you know one or two percent better, and likely in some of the cases we've seen uh, could be significantly better than that. And then how do we implement that with the existing tools and technology that they have, 
such that we can actually affect those outcomes for them. Because it's one thing to know what the right answer is. It's another to be able to orchestrate the action in that moment that then leads to a better outcome. <laughs> okay. Well, it's clear to me you've got your business cases already framed out. Uh, and when you're dealing with such large volume of transactions, interactions, these percentages can really add up. And you've got the other side and showing your value back to the provider of that social data to you. Uh, but I'd like to talk a bit more about privacy. You know, my sense is that the customers of your enterprises are, are clearly going to understand that their data is being used, uh, perhaps in a different way. Uh, what's your view of the level of communications and transparency you'd be expecting that your most successful customers are going to have with their end users? I think transparency is really important. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I've observed in this industry is, um, and, and also being a consumer myself, is you always want to know who's taking your data, what are they doing with your data, what value are you getting back from that, and you expect transparency, I think, in all of those cases. The one thing that I think is interesting is we think about the machine learning applications around um, data is it's less about me bouncing your personal information around to different companies, and it's more about me trying to understand where there are similar patterns. Where have we seen somebody else that looks and feels similar to you as they start to engage with our company? And what was successful at getting them to become a customer? And how do we start to understand, similar to the way that Amazon's recommendation engine works, Sometimes you'll be on there and you'll be buying something and a recommendation won't make much sense to you. You're like, I just bought a boat or something and they, you know, they're showing me a toaster. Uh, but they're not doing that by accident. They've figured out a pattern that somebody that looks like you, John, who bought a boat, cared about a toaster, <laughs> and we're more likely to sell you the toaster. And, and hopefully that those recommendations are really valuable to you. Um, because what I hear back from a lot of people that use Amazon is that I wasn't really thinking about it, but it really saved me. You know, By being able to get that extra add-on piece when I bought the core product, you know, when I bought the coffee maker, them providing me the coffee and giving me the mugs and doing all those other recommendations were actually really beneficial for me. And I might not have made that linkage until it got home and I realized I needed it. And so what we really want to do is we we're more interested in being able to understand the patterns of people that are substantially similar to you, people that act like you, what was successful for them, what left them feeling very happy about the interaction and left us ensuring that they got to the business outcome that you and the business care about. Uh, interesting. And thank you for that. And, and maybe I'm not semantically correct, but, but now I do see how these ML models are adding this, this bigger meta view across a large set of data versus this drilling down to get unique personas, a lot maybe the ad tech players. So, so take me through your view of the ecosystem then and where you'll sit. Sure. So, um, there's definitely a big uh, ad tech ecosystem and the ad tech players sit between the enterprises in some cases and the big consumer internet companies. And so I think they have provided a bridge, but that bridge is focused on advertising. So how do you become a more effective advertiser? How do you think about better targeting and optimization for your advertising? We are not focused on advertising. We're focused on business outcomes. So I, I think the fact that they have established the bridge and the fact that they have established the data from both sides is meaningful to deliver even better advertising, I think has been really good for us. But the reality is there are big ad tech players, Facebook and Google being probably the two biggest, that care about taking that space. And I think are able to provide a lot of the services that some of the ad tech players in between have been providing historically. And so I think that's a very different part of the ecosystem, but I think has shown good validation that there's potential to bridge the worlds. 
I think there are some other areas that we're seeing in the market as well. There are obviously large enterprise companies. So if you think about traditional enterprise software companies, IBM, Oracle, SAP, Salesforce, who have a lot of data, who have a lot of great relationships in this space. And I think that they are um, making moves to switch their companies. I mean, if you think about what IBM is doing with Watson, it's a big aggressive move towards investment in machine learning and and artificial intelligence. I I think it's a challenging move in a lot of ways. Um, I think they're doing an amazing job, by the way, at, at, at trying to to make that transition right now. But it's a big transition. Traditional software is really being changed quite significantly. You know, if you think about the way that software is built traditionally, it's got a visual analytics interface usually that shows you what's happening and it's got a rules engine that you can then change based on what you see in the analytics. And if you think about like how you would build software today to be able to work in this new world, this AI-powered world, those two areas are somewhat obsolete. You don't need to set explicit rules anymore. You don't need a visual analytics engine. If anything, it might be all operated through your mobile phone. And what you really want is you want these models to be able to get the right data such that they can make the right decisions for you. And you want to make sure that that's constantly learning and being informed by your best practices. And so I think there's a big revolution going on that's going to be challenging for those large players to adjust to because of all the big investment they've made in these legacy systems. Um, which uh, I think opens the door for somebody, especially somebody a little bit more focused like us that are saying, we're not trying to solve for your supply chain problems or your how do you make the robots in your factory more effective? We're, we're not trying to be a one-size-fits-all AI engine. We're really focused on people and how do we make the interactions with your customers more effective? Oh, that's great. What are the, some of the challenges then that you see coming up now? I think there's a couple of challenges. So when we work with large enterprises, typically where they've had issues in the past that I think we are coming in to help them solve. One is there's been a lack of collaboration, I think, between them and some of the other bigger data players. So if you think about their relationship today with some of the big consumer internet companies, I think that it's heavily advertising-based, which is uh, makes sense and, and is kind of the way that I think both sides have historically operated. But I think it's an interesting and at times contentious relationship. There is definitely a fear of competitive threat, I think, sometimes for the big enterprises with some of these big consumer internet companies. There are different business models, I think, in place. If you know, you're working at a big consumer internet company, you really want to work with developers that are fast-moving and agile and can give you like quick feedback loops. And if you're working on the enterprise side, you really need to be able to be fluent in data and privacy and security and governance. And those worlds don't naturally come together. And so being able to sit in between those and ensure that both sides who have very reasonable reasons for operating the way that they do are satisfied, I think is really important. I think the other thing we've seen is that the AI solutions that are out there today, especially the ones focused on consumer interaction or sales and marketing, tend to be either really broad. So we talked about like the IBM Watson or other bigger platforms, which are great, but very broadly applied. Or they tend to be really narrow, like they're a chatbot for Mm -hmm. customer service. And I think that if you're an executive at an enterprise, those are not necessarily at the exact level that you want the problem to be solved. I think what you're looking at is you're saying, you know, the internet came and was very disruptive to our business. Mobile came and it was very disruptive to our business. AI is coming and it will be probably 10 times more disruptive. 
where is that disruption likely to affect us? And I think the answer to that question is at the interaction points between us and our customers. And we either do a good job at fortifying those areas and deliver delightful experiences and valuable experiences or reduce a lot of the friction that exists today from those experiences by moving quickly with a partner like Integrate.ai and reaping the benefits of this new technology. Or it will be to our peril because other startups or competitors will come in and use this as a huge advantage and we won't be able to keep up. Well, that was interesting. Uh, you, 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 here you are, true entrepreneur, a couple of startups, six years at Facebook, and you're using the word we, and you're talking about enterprises. I, I just like that a lot. But, but seriously, would you please just summarize for our listeners the data and the trends that you see happening as we move forward? Sure. So I think there's, um, think about the data at different levels that we're trying to bring together. So at the top level, you think about the consumer internet companies that know a lot about people. You know, they, they have most of people's time today. They understand their activities. They understand uh, what they enjoy. They understand their social relationships. And then there's the enterprise world, which is kind of like layer two, where you've got a lot of information on business outcomes, you know, when you got a mortgage and when you moved and um, some of the different products that you've purchased. And, you know, step one is really bringing those two worlds together. And it, it happens a little bit today. There's, you know, social listening and there's ways that some of that data is being used on an, on an aggregate basis to be able to better inform what people are talking about your brand and, and what's happening in the world. But there's an opportunity to bring a much richer model to those two data sources to do a better job at predicting what people need or want at any given time. And closing the loop, like we talked about, from the transactional side, which had never been done before. Exactly. Yeah, cool. And, and then the third piece, which is really new and, and I think a, a huge bonus to a lot of these companies, is because we work across industry, we also have a good understanding of the patterns that go across interactions with different types of companies. So, you know, how you make decisions or the products that you're buying with a retailer and then looking across travel patterns, then maybe looking at you know, telecommunications or cable and then going across to insurance and banking. And to be able to have a view that goes across all of those different sectors means we can start to identify patterns um, that are connected. And maybe those patterns help you in your industry determine that there's a partnership that you should be doing with um, somebody in another industry. Or maybe it helps identify a pattern that uh, leads you to make a different offer to people because you realize that there's a motivator there that you didn't realize when you stay contained within your industry. And I think that's been one of the areas that we've seen a lot of very positive feedback from the enterprises that we've been uh, working with is they, they want those connection points, but it's been very difficult to forge those partnerships and be able to get that data. And so having a neutral third party who really focuses on privacy and security and permission at all parties involved can feel very confident will treat their data with the right level of respect and authority, I think is, has been a, um, a huge opportunity for them that they, they've always seen, but haven't been able to practically pursue. Thank you, Steve. I don't think there could be a more impactful way to have summed it all up. The benefits to both sides of the platform you're developing can be huge. And I look forward to talking with you about all this again. Thanks for having me, Joe. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Impact Podcast. If you like hearing about practical applications of some key transformational technologies, about security, conversational business, artificial intelligence, and machine learning, please subscribe. And go to georgiapartners.com and subscribe to our newsletter. 
we'll do our best to keep everything focused, interesting, and practical for you. For the Impact Podcast, I'm John Pryor.